Mark Gwillem, can you come up here? Just because I love you. I didn't tell him I was going to pull him up, but I just, I like Mark, and I feel like I haven't seen him in a long time. So I just want to just catch up. So just talk among, actually. <laughs> Mark Gwillem is, um, of course, one of our elders here, and, uh, and he's, he's a, a rock of the Lord. Um, and uh, I'll tell you, it's, it's great um, to be in a house like this where you have men that you just know have your back. And especially a guy like this, because, um, but spiritually, no, have your back. And, and he's, yeah, he's probably bigger spiritually than he is in physical. Mark, um, I would just like for you to pray for me this morning and uh, uh, for all of us to receive. Right. I'll help him not to screw up. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for Jason and the word that he's going to bring. We just ask that you bless it, that it would uh, touch the hearts, Father God, and that you would just... Uh, uh, speak to everyone in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak with the tongues of men and angels but do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but I do not have love, it profits me nothing. We've been going through our core values, um, but I really felt, uh, I felt like the Lord asked us to press pause on, on that this weekend as he began to highlight some different things um, in, our, in our staff meeting. And uh, just as we've continued to think about uh, these things and pray about these things, I, um, I, I wanted to just, just put a halt on that and reflect um, on uh, on a, on a different topic this morning. Um, we, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Our, our, our third uh, core value is the Holy Spirit is active. And uh, I hope um, that I didn't offend anybody when I talked about that. Well, actually, if I did, hey. Um, I, hope, I do hope that you were stretched. I do hope that you were stretched. I wasn't at all implying that everything that happens in a charismatic meeting is the Holy Spirit doing it. Of course, there's excesses. We know that. Like, there's the, all, all of the messiness that happens, there is messiness, and some of that does need to be cleaned up, and some of that does need to be washed, obviously. I didn't even make that point, but I hope that that was implied. To me, that was sort of went without saying. Uh, but the whole point of the message was this. The Holy Spirit moves and does stuff, and we want to be open to whatever it is that he does, because we owe the world a revelation of who the Father is, and that comes through the Holy Spirit, and that might come in some strange packages and sometimes uncomfortable packages. We want to be open to all of those things because the Lord works through all of those things. And that is one of our core values. But I want us to take a step back, just like the Apostle Paul did, because in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, he talked all about gifts of the Holy Spirit, and, and, and he talked about them at length, and then he jumped in in 1 Corinthians 13 and says, but I could have it all, and if I don't have love, it's pointless. It's nothing. It's nothing at all. Carly Davis, can you come up, please? Carly Davis, future TV star. We really believe that the Davises need to have their own reality show. Because you ain't seen nothing until you've been over to the Davises and, and all of the glory that happens there. It's just... 
lots of fun. Carly, um, your son Noah is uh, seven, right? Yep. Seven. Is that on? You want to make sure? Because yeah. Oh, it's on. There it's you on. You just didn't talk in it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so sassy. Um, <laughs> The, uh, he's been going to the Wednesday night group, which uh, uh, these, some, of, some of these young folk up yeah, here have been Yeah, the youth are rocking home group for the kids. Yeah. If your kids aren't going, then they're missing out. So, so what did he come home with? Uh, well, he came home with a picture, and it was a guy in a robe, and I wish I had brought a picture, but I didn't. Um, it was a guy in a robe, and he looked like Iron Man. And he had like sparkles, it was beautiful, so red and gold and sparkly. And I said, who is this? And he said, well, it looks like Iron Man, but it's Encourage Man. <laughs> and I said, well, who's Encourage Man? And he said, well, we, get, we have to pick a, a superhero power to do during the week and then we get power beads. And I was like, awesome, that sounds great. So he picked Encourage Man. Because he wanted to be encouraging. He wanted to be encouraging. Yeah. But this had a specific application in his mind, didn't it? It, it wasn't did. just a general thing. It did. I said, well, why did you pick encouragement? And he said, well, you know this kid in my school? And I said, oh, yeah, I do. Let's make and up a name was, for him. His name was Josh. <laughs> and, he was, and he was so naughty. And he was always disrupting class and doing things that were super naughty and this he was sorry his name was Schmosh and and he just he was he's trouble in class and he's on his third classroom of the year and and Noah said nobody will play with Schmosh at recess and nobody wants to sit by him at lunch and um and I've, I've been in the class, sorry. I've been in the class and I've watched the teacher have to write notes about this little boy and take copious notes because they have to document what he does. And he's a lot of work. So Noah says, well, you know this little boy? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, nobody will play with him. And I wanted to encourage him and I want to be an encouragement to him. That's pretty cool. Now, you talked to his teacher about this. I did. We took the picture to Mrs. Sims, who is the best teacher on the planet. Um, and I said, Mrs. Sims, this happened. We were learning about encouragement, and Noah picked encouragement so that he could encourage Schmosh. And, <laughs> and um, I just wa I wanted you to have this picture. We want you to have it. And she started to cry, and she loves the Lord. Um, and she said, you have no idea what this means and you have no idea what Noah has done for this little boy. He sits by him in school and when the little boy starts to get disruptive and unruly, Noah leans over and he says, hey, come on, Ellen. And he encourages him to be his best. And what that has done for Noah is that Noah is the rowdy kid in Mrs. Sims' class. <laughs> And so while he's encouraging this other little boy, he's also managing himself and he is growing. And she said, you have no idea how much he's grown in the past couple weeks that this little boy has been in the classroom. So. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Thanks, Carol. <clears throat> that story just goes... Uh, uh, 
it just seemed to, to get something rolling um, with us and um, really tied into a ministry here that I, I want to highlight. This isn't a commercial, but I do want to highlight this because I, I feel like it's uh, on God's heart. And uh, sometimes we uh, uh, forget to tell you what is going on here. And 90% of you know this, but if, if, if you're new here, we have a ministry right outside this room called the Open Heavens Room. Well, that's what we call it. It's a, a classroom just right outside that door. And uh, it is for kids on the autism spectrum um, or other developmental disabilities. Um, the, uh, the numbers for autism, if, if you've you know, seen any, anything about it or, you know, they've gone just sky high lately. People don't know why. There's all kinds of debates and all this stuff. Um, but uh, we thought it was significant enough uh, to start this room. Actually, it might have been out of uh, necessity for Pastor Joshua because he asked us to come on board. And we said, well, you know, my son is nine and has severe autism. Um, a, like, we pretty much have to decide whether we're going to be in service or we're going to be with him because he certainly can't stay in the service. Um, so maybe it was more out of necessity, but it was definitely a Holy Spirit idea. So we started this room and we hired one of Jack's uh, old teachers, uh, Lori Hood, um, who works professionally over at a, a program at the U of O um, and who uh, uh, is actually one of Jack's teachers a while back and she was just amazing. So um, we, we've actually decided to invest in this uh, as a ministry. Um, so we, we hired her on so that, uh, you know, all morning, every Sunday uh, and every Wednesday night, when we're, anytime we're doing church functions, we try to have that room available. Um, and the reason is a lot of times those kids, I uh, speak for my son, um, just can't hang with, with the other kids. He doesn't uh, communicate with the other kids. And, you know, it's just, it's really tricky sometimes. Uh, um, you know, they, they'll try, but he's just not, you know, and he's being loud or whatever. Um, so uh, anyway, we, we started this up. Oh, how long has it been? Three years, Janelle? Like, it's about three years. Um, and uh, since then, we've had more people come. And uh, in fact, we're, we're looking at trying to get more help for the Open Heavens Room because people are finding out, like, oh my goodness, I haven't been able to go to church in three years. <laughs> it's just a very common thing in the autism community. You just, it, you just have to pick what you're gonna do. So people have started coming and uh, it's been growing and uh, it's just very much been on our hearts and the Lord's heart to minister to these, to these beautiful children um, who uh, uh, are just so often misunderstood and, and so hard to understand and, and minister to their families too because we know how difficult it is. Um, so this is, is something that we expect is gonna grow more and more. Um, and as we were thinking about this and praying for uh, these kids, I, I, I was just reminded of some things that, um, uh, some things that I've had to learn along the way um, in, in dealing with my own son. Uh, one of the things that uh, we see with children with autism in particular, or adults with autism for that matter, is uh, um, a thing called stimming. You guys heard that term, stimming? Um, it, it'll be usually some activity um, that they'll do over and over again that many people will deem like undesirable activities. Um, so for some kids, they'll just stand in the middle of a room and spin around just spin around over and over again. For the one kid who would like take, a, take plates and stuff and just spin them and just watch it, he would do that all day long. Um, so different, uh, uh, different sort of activities that they might do, but the, the uh, uh, two things that are always in common is, um, well, they do them over and over again, I never get tired of them, and they, they are very much alone in their own world when they do them. So for Jack, my son, 
um, it's, it, most of the time it's been uh, with socks or two, he'll have like two objects and he'll just flap them. So he's going to have incredibly strong wrists because <laughs> he, he'll do that all the time. We're trying to get him interested in drumming because he's got good rhythm and if only he'd just apply that anyway. Um, maybe someday he will. Um, so I was thinking about this and, and uh, um, he lately actually has added on a second layer. He'll, he'll be different, different things that he'll flap. He doesn't just flap into nowhere, he'll flap uh, um, in front of something that he loves. So right now, I don't know why, but he loves DVD cases. Not the DVDs themselves, mind you, the cases. He, he, he watched some YouTube video of some kid who was like showing his YouTube collection or his, uh, his DVD collection. He's like, so you open it up and there's a sticker here and then you do the new, all this. And so Jack has watched these videos and memorized parts of them. And so he'll open up his DVDs and be like reciting what he saw in the YouTube video. And it's kind of garbled. You can't fully understand a lot of times. We'll pick out different lines. We're like, ah, I know which one that's from. And so he'll have literally, um, how many, Emily, did he have on the floor yesterday? Or five about nine, yeah. So sometimes it gets upwards of 15 or 20 DVDs. He'll just have strewn over the floor. And then he'll just sit with them and just flap. He goes over to the Donovan's house and it's like, oh my goodness, he, we're always scared to death that he's gonna like ruin every DVD they have because he'll like wanna climb the bookshelf and pull them all off. Um, so this is one of those, this is, this is stimming. And, and uh, for us, it's been a thing of like, okay, how do we deal with this? Because if you, if you let him do this all day long, he stays in his own world. Um, and, um, but it, it, you don't wanna let him do it all day long either because it's annoying sometimes. And especially when the living room is full of his discs. And I was so stressed yesterday. The living room was just full of his stupid discs. And they're just like everywhere and they're out. I'm like, kid, up on your shelf. Put them back on your shelf and all, you know, and all this. But um, so, so I, I'm still like processing, you know, so you have good days, you have bad days with them. It's just easy to flap the hand like with any kid. It's not any, it has nothing to do with special needs there. Any parent knows how that is. But one of the things that helped me early on, it was really difficult um, to, because, you know, they, it's just like you, you want them to kind of look normal or, you know what I mean? It's just, when he's just standing out there flapping and, you know, shirt on and jumping around. It's like, come on, man, like, at least pull your pants up. <laughs> you guys have seen him walking around. Never mind. Uh, and, uh, but I, I heard some, some different ways to think about this. In particular, I heard this analogy recently, and it really uh, uh, resonated with me. So follow me here, okay? Imagine you are, um, uh, you've had a long week, uh, you know, demands of work and all these things. And at the end of the week, all you want to do is go sit in the sun at the park with your favorite book. That's all you want to do. You finally are alone. The world is finally leaving you be and you finally get some rest. So you open up your book and you're having a great time reading. You're just absorbed in your brand new John Grisham novel. No, John Grisham isn't Christian. You guys would never read a book that's not Christian. Just kidding. Be so uptight, I'm just playing around. And you're reading and you're having a good time and I come up to you and I say, hey, what you doing? You're reading. Okay, but here's the thing. We're gonna go watch a movie together. Let's go watch a movie. Let's go watch Age of Ultron. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> Welcome home, sir. And you say, I really just want to read my book. So I say, okay, fine. 
So I leave you be for 20 seconds. And then I come back and say, but the movie is supposed to be so good. It made like a billion dollars. And don't you love Iron Man? He's so cool. And you're like, I really just want to read my Grisham novel right now. Thanks. More into the, you know, 1990 lawyers themes that were the same in every single story. <laughs> I really like him. Well, but, but it's Age of Ultron. No, I just, I just want just to read. I want to be left alone right now and read. And so I say, you know what? No, we're going to the movie. And I take your book and I throw it. And I pull you out of the, 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 the bench. And we walk over and we buy two tickets for the movie. Would you be irritated with me? So I had this guy, he gave this analogy. He said, that's exactly how our kids feel when they're stimming and we're always trying to make them stop. He said, the truth is, many of the kids on the spectrum uh, uh, there's so much information coming at them that they don't know how to sort it out. Um, so you'll have like right now, there's so many things happening in here. There's a whole bunch of faces and they're doing different things and some of the heads are nodding up and down. There's bright lights. Uh, you can hear little things with the sound. An echo, you might hear a little buzz. Uh, you see people walking and, and we instinctively know which is the most important information to focus on in order to you know, have <laughs> relational connection, all that kind of stuff. But for kids on the spectrum, it's very different. They're not sure which is the most important information. So you're seeing that. You're looking up. You're looking around. And you hear stuff going on here. And you see all this. And it, it gets stressful, incredibly stressful. So one of the reasons they stem, well, Jack will pull out his flappers and his DVD case because it's predictable. Guys, I know what I think about when I see those DVD cases. I remember the video. And I just do this because this is what I can do to tune everything else out. <sighs> Everything else go away. Isn't that a good analogy? And it really resonated with me, and I thought, oh, man, that's good. And the more that I've learned and I heard things like that, the more I've realized I really need to be willing to see things from my son's perspective and not assume uh, uh, that something is bad or harmful for him or, some, or to go in and try to immediately change something in him so that he looks better. I need to understand what he's thinking and feeling and at least have some empathy and some compassion for him. So we were, we were, talking, uh, uh, we were talking about this, um, how we have so, so many of the kids are, are um, or, you know, we have more kids on the spectrum that are coming and sometimes they act out in different ways. Um, and sometimes our other kids act out in different ways too. But for example, this morning I was doing a sound check and my son runs in. It was actually really hilarious because I don't know if you heard my voice or what, but he runs in and is just like making loops around here. So I have Emily trying to go around that way and we're, you know, and finally Sarah cuts him off and right here, you know, and, and sometimes you have to pick him up, but then he's like, nobody throws a dwarf and so we don't have to put him down. And then he's, he's got to keep running. So we've, we've been dealing with, uh, uh, um, you know, redirecting in loving ways. And, and the, the truth is, um, everybody has things. The truth is, we all, hear this from a father of someone with special needs, we all have special needs. We all have, we all see things a certain way, we all feel things a certain way, because we've had other experiences in the past that have colored the way we're feeling something right now. And the more we start uh, thinking about this with our kids, see if we can get this, 
with these children, then I promise you we'll have a massive impact on them because we'll, we'll stop trying to, and I'm saying this to myself more than any of you because I deal with this on a daily basis, but stop trying to, to make them conform on the outward toward what we want, then the less pressure he'll feel to do that and the more relaxed he'll actually become. We all have these things, guys. Here's the thing, we all do. It's not just special needs children. We all do. But if we can start at least there and see that, through, see that perspective with those kids, maybe we can start to see this with one another too. And here's what we felt like the Lord was speaking through all of this. He was speaking, we need to renew our compassion. And it wasn't a corrective word. I don't say any of this as a remotely corrective word because all I've ever felt from you guys with my son is compassion. So don't take it this way, but I felt like the Lord was highlighting this thing for our body that we need to have grace, not only for these children, but for one another. More grace for one another. But the truth is, I don't feel the things that you feel. I have hurts, you have hurts. I have ways that I automatically react when something comes up, when a certain topic comes up, when I'll immediately want to shut down. So do you. You have things, you have relationships that broke down over here, so anytime something remotely similar to that situation comes up, you get angry. And so do I. So here's the question. How am I gonna respond to you if I see you acting out of that hurt? How am I gonna respond to you? How are you gonna respond to your neighbor when that happens? Can we respond with the same kind of grace that most of us will automatically have with a boy like Jack. Because we understand that, we see that. We don't fully understand it, but we get it, right? Can we have that same grace for one another? That's the question, and I feel like this is what the Lord's calling us to. Can you have compassion for your neighbor who is going through something that you cannot see? You see, we want to revel in all the things the Holy Spirit has for us. That's part of who we are. But if we have love, it's all worthless. If we don't have love, it's totally mangled that high point. Can you humor? If we do not have love, it's for nothing. So what do we focus on? What is the thing that we run after more than anything else? Well, we run after the love of the Father. Love is patient. Stop right there. Love is patient. I want to bring this to personal places in our hearts now. I want you not to think about this in a general way, but I want you to think about the difficult people in your life or the people that think you're difficult. I want you to go there, okay? If it's the person next to you, I'm sorry, this is awkward. <laughs> you won't have to say anything to them. But we're going to ask the Lord to, you guys, you want to have him do something in your heart this morning? Anyone, anyone feel what I'm talking about? Anyone need more compassion in their hearts? All right. I want you to go there in your mind. Love is patient. What is patience? You know what patience is? Patience is love that loves again, even after it's been hurt. Patience is love that stands the test of time. 
it keeps on loving even though there's been breakdowns. It keeps on loving even though there's been disappointments. It keeps on loving even though there's been lashing out. That's what patience is. Paul says to us, love is patient. And it's so important that it's even more important than the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Do you have patience with this person? Do you have patience in these scenarios, in these situations? Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. It does not brag. It is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. Love is not provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. Let's just pause there. Just close your eyes for a minute. It does, love does not take into account a wrong suffered. It does not keep track of offenses. Real love knows what happens, but it chooses compassion over offense. You can open your eyes. Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. It doesn't fail. It doesn't fall. It doesn't end. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully just as I have been fully grown. But now faith, hope, and love abide these three. The greatest of these is love. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying this. All those gifts of the Holy Spirit, prophecy, healing, all of these things, you're not gonna need them in eternity. We're gonna be in the presence of God. What are you gonna need healing for? We're gonna be in the presence of God. What do you need prophecy for? He's right here. He is here. We're gonna be able to see things from his perspective. You won't need any of these things. They will pass away. They're for now. But love is gonna go on and on and on. So run after the eternal. Faith, hope, and love. Love is patient. It does not keep an account of wrongs. We owe the world a revelation of the Father. Worship team, can you guys come? We owe the world a revelation of the Father. That's why we pursue the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's what we started saying here this morning. I mentioned last week about the painting of the prodigal son and talked about Henry Nouwen's book that I'm currently reading and, and uh, 
as, as he, uh, as a priest, sort of went on this journey of, of going deeper uh, in this, this parable that we all know so well, he started uh, feeling like the Lord was emphasizing different things at different times. So we can all relate to the prodigal, probably, at least in the past. Some of us can relate to him now if we're honest with ourselves. Some of us simply aren't where we need to be and where we need to be is with him. And so we've let other things get in the way, we've let offenses get in the way, we've let difficulties get in the way, whatever it is. And the prodigal son's story isn't just a story for the lost, it's a story for us. That any time we feel far from him, that he says, come home. We can all relate to the prodigal son. Many of us can relate to the older brother. We've been seeped in some sort of religious attitude that's, you know, we feel judgmental when we see somebody coming to him. We know that's wrong. Many of us can relate to that and the Lord trying to yank us out of that thing. But here's what Henry Nouwen was struck with as one of his friends challenged him. He said, you've, you've been the younger brother. You've been the older brother. But have you been like the father? Have you been like the father? We owe the world a revelation of the father. And even more than a, a beautiful prophetic word, a word of knowledge, even, even more than any of those things, you know what will show him the father? if we embrace a person like the father embraced him in that story. I want you to th think of uh, the difficult people that we were talking about or maybe somebody who's left and is, hey, maybe you don't deal with much but who has run far away from him. I honestly, I think of somebody in my own family like this right now and I think, I, I, I get so, I, I, I told you last week <laughs> that I, I, I sometimes have been tempted to just stop praying and I did for a while. I stopped praying for her until my mom said, you need to keep praying for her because the Lord can do that. Now, how would I react if I see her coming home? It's my sister. How would I react if I, well, obvious. If I saw her coming home, how would I react? What if I showed her a revelation of the Father? What if I ran toward her and tackled her in an embrace? What if I gave her the robe and I called all our friends and said, she's come home, she's come home, let's celebrate her. What if, uh, what if I was able to look, at, uh, look past all the offenses and all the things that have piled up over time and say, you know what, I don't understand the reason you, you acted out. I don't understand the reason you ran away. I don't understand the reason you were so hateful for so many years. I don't get it. But you know what, I don't need to get it right now because all I care about right now is that you're home. Could I treat her with that same grace that is so much easier to treat my son with? Could I treat her to say, I know you had some things that hurt and that was probably in there, in the mix of that. So whatever it is, I wanna give you grace. We can work through that stuff later, but right now I just wanna embrace you. What if we did that? What if we became like the father in the story? Yes, I know he's the father. I know there's only one father, I get that. But he's a good father and he's asked us to be like him. So let's put ourselves with him. Let's put ourselves with him on the, on the front porch, looking out, waiting for the, the lost, the ones who have hurt us, the ones who have run away, to come home. And let's put away the offense and let's put away all these things that can build up and the accusations and the blame and all of those things and say, I just want you home. 
can we take on the character of the Father himself? Can we have that kind of compassion? You guys, more than anything else, I think that's what God's called this church to. To be agents of his compassion. To welcome the hurting, to welcome the misunderstood, to welcome the broken. I wish I could have met Mikey Obar. We have the Obar room right out here. Mikey Obar went to this church for years. He had Down syndrome. And Pastor John and Pastor Red and the entire church embraced him so much. He's gone to be with the Lord now, but not before he was the first ordained minister of the Assemblies of God with Down syndrome. This is a part of our heritage. It's a part of who we are. This is our inheritance to be like the Father, to accept, to understand, to put away misunderstandings and welcome him in. That's what he's called to us to corporately and he's called us to this individually. Would you close your eyes? If the Lord's moving on your heart right now and convicting you for not showing as much compassion as he's called you to, I want you to take a step and stand up. Just pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, forgive me for not loving like you've called me to love. Forgive me for keeping offenses in my heart. Help me to love like the Father loves. Now, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would honor these prayers. Lord, we want to be transformed into your image. So Lord, we take these people that are in our hearts that we've had a difficult time loving and sometimes been very judgmental in the process and we say, Lord, would you heal those places? Lord, would you help turn our hearts upon every remembrance of them? Would you help us to turn our hearts to prayer? And Lord, we look forward to the day when we see them coming home. Bring them home, Lord. Lord, I pray there'd be grace in families. Grace in families, Lord. Grace in families. You can be seated. And I just want to ask this now. Is there anyone here that just needs to come home? Just feel like, man, I've been gone for too long. I've been checked out. I just want to come home. Come on up. Anyone else? This isn't to say that you've backslid or run off into whatever kind of debauchery, this, I, whatever it is, but you've been far from him and you're ready to come home. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is awkward. You guys are on two different steps. That makes it hard to hug both of you. Come on over, Jack. Come on. Anybody else? Oh, 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, guys, for the humility to step up and say, I'm ready. Are you ready? Yes. Lord, we thank you. Let's just pray. Stretch out your hands toward him right now. Let's pray the Holy Spirit would meet these guys in a new and powerful way. We pray for a freshness, Lord, over each one of them. We pray for a brand new understanding and identity of sonship that surpasses all of the, 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 uh, uh, the shame or the grief or whatever it is uh, uh, that, that, that's held them back. Lord Jesus, we welcome them. We welcome them home. Is there anyone else that needs to come home? Thank you, Lord. Prayer servant team, I want you guys to come. Anyone else wants to come? Uh, we're we're going to sing this song together. Let's, let's, let's sing this song together as a remembrance of the kind of father that he is. So let's sing together. And if you need to come home or you need prayer, come forward and the Lord's going to touch you and you will be embraced by family. Guys. And I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like but I've heard a tender whisper of love in the dead of night and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm, I'm never alone you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are and I'm loved by you it's who I am it's who I am, it's who I am. Oh, I've seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I know that we're all searching for answers only.
Let's go show the love of the Father. Dismiss. Yeah.